0: and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. So a tried and true formula for assessments is fine and dandy until you come across a patient who doesn't have any impairments, doesn't have any problems yet. So what the heck do you do then? I actually had a few questions about this since the release of the last episode. And today we're actually going to be covering what the heck do you do in an assessment when a patient doesn't have any problems yet. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Onco PT podcast where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent onco PT. Here's your host Elise Decker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. I had some really fantastic feedback from the last episode, mainly asking clarifying questions on what the heck do we do if we have a patient in X, Y, and Z scenario. And they were fantastic questions, and thank you to those of you who reached out because this is really good, and it got me really thinking about, okay, I definitely need to have a follow-up on this episode. So if you haven't listened to episode 122 yet – What I covered in that episode was how important assessments are, especially when we're doing evaluations, when we're doing re evaluations, even discharge assessments, and then my tried and true four step formula to creating these star assessments that have frankly served me really well, to where I don't have to worry about insurance coming back and saying that they're not going to cover treatment for this patient because. Frankly, I've written a really good assessment. And so I completely talked through that. That is, of course, free for you to use, giving that away. So please use this because our patients need this treatment. But to back up, so we talked about this formula here. We need to know what do we do for these kind of special situations? Namely, I really want to talk today about prehab, which is I so prehab is defined as when a patient hasn't started going through treatment yet. In my experience, this is used very loosely by the, frankly, the medical oncology team, because I would get patients referred for prehab quite frequently who had already started one or even two methods of treatment for their cancer. But when I'm talking about prehab in this sense, I'm going to stick to these patients haven't started treatment yet, or maybe they're very, very early on in treatment, and maybe they don't have any impairments yet. This is ideal. If we can get patients in this very, very early time period when they don't have any impairments yet, maybe the side effects from treatment are very minimal, we have a really fantastic opportunity as the OncoPT to get in there to educate the patient to screen them potential impairments and then prepare them for what they might experience over the course of their cancer treatment. This is one of my favorite patient populations to work with because I really like to be on the prevention side of things rather than catching up because we have a laundry list of impairments. So what we're going to talk about today is how exactly do we modify the assessments we write when we are working with patients who don't yet have impairments. So The first thing that we need to do with an assessment of this type, when you're doing an evaluation with this patient population who is prehab, who does not have any impairments yet, step one is to screen. You want to screen your patients to see if they have any impairments. And I know that really opens things up very wide because, frankly, there's a lot of impairments that these patients may experience. But I narrow it down through a few different, well, methods that I found that really helped me focus in on what's most important for that particular patient and not get bogged down in the weeds, because you totally could even in prehab where, well, again, there's no impairments. So what I like to do with this is if I know that I'm getting a patient who is prehab- really hasn't started treatment yet, doesn't have any impairments, then what I like to do is I like to know what treatments are planned. What treatments may the person undergo as part of their cancer care plan? And what I do from there is I can work backwards and I can ask myself and you know, sometimes even just look up, what are the common impairments that this person may experience from this cancer treatment. For example, there are some chemotherapies that are very neurotoxic, that are very highly associated with neuropathies. And so what I wanna be doing with my patient who doesn't have any you know, impairments yet, is I want to be asking, are they having any issues? And then test, what is their sensation like? What are the things that could be affected as a result of this cancer treatment? Now, when I'm talking about this, I'm very much relying on the fact that I have interviewed my patient and they do not have any issues going on or none that they can identify. Now, I will let you know, sometimes when I do a prehab evaluation, my patient already has issues going on. That's not what I'm talking about here. So at this point, I have already gone through, okay, are there any impairments that I need to address? obviously measure and quantify from there, this, is, this episode is very much, okay, my patient doesn't have impairments yet, none that they can identify, and none that I have necessarily identified. So part of this first part of screening is looking at the treatments, what's planned? What are the side effects? What are the potential side effects of these planned treatments? And then evaluating you know my patients, how they perform on those things. Another thing that I really like to do here that helps me honestly not have to think as hard, especially if I don't have a whole lot of time to prepare ahead of time, I am a big, big proponent of using templates when it comes to documentation. And what I do is, I have created a variety of different templates in different documentation systems that I can then use for different diagnoses. And for me, what I found to be most useful is I had a template for breast cancer, I had a template for colorectal cancer, I had a template for lung cancer, I had a template for prostate cancer. You know, the big diagnoses that I would see in my practice. From that, again, this was a lot of, you know, upfront work that then saved me time on the back end. So this is something that did take me a little bit of time at the beginning, but definitely saved me hours and hours throughout the time that I have been practicing. So with these templates, again, so I am putting in different tests and measures and patient reported outcomes, different even questions that I want to be asking my patients regardless of whether they have impairments or if they don't the reason that i love templates so much for even a prehab evaluation where my patient doesn't have problems these templates are cueing me to look at things that could be potential issues as a result of these impairments that i know that i have seen previously in this patient population who have undergone similar treatments And that I could see could potentially be issues for this patient. Again, big fan of templates. I think they help us just focus on the person in front of us, but then also not forget about some of the important things that, you know, can come up during the course of an evaluation. So templates can really be helpful for different diagnoses. Cueing yourself on, again, common impairments. And I really like to look at, I like to boil it down to some of the big common impairments. There's a lot in cancer, right? But we know that many patients experience cancer-related fatigue. We know that many patients who undergo a mastectomy and radiation are at risk of soft tissue restriction, soft tissue mobility issues, range of motion issues, increased incidence of developing lymphedema, So I have my template set up again to help me cue, so to cue my brain, to screen for these impairments. So again, step one in this process of, okay, you have a true prehab patient, you want to screen for potential impairments. And in the off chance that your patient does indeed have some impairments, because that happens frequently, unfortunately, you're catching them. You're being cued to have the conversation with the patient to do these tests and measures to find out what is going on with your person at the time. Sometimes there's issues that patients ne- don't necessarily think is a big problem, honestly, because cancer is so much bigger in their minds that they have to deal with. That a little, you know, shoulder impingement, what have you, kind of falls by the wayside. And again, By screening for these different impairments, you can help catch things that may be problematic now, may be problematic down the road. Now, step two in this process of when you're doing kind of a a prehab evaluation assessment in these patients is education. So after you have gone through, you have screened for these impairments, you're now going to be educating. And so we're going to tie this together with my four-step formula that I talked about last week. But now that you have gone through, look to see what might potentially be a problem for these patients. You're empowering them with the information they need to know. And I know that we've talked about this previously on the podcast, but I think a lot of times people say to themselves, I don't want to give them too much because I don't want them to be overwhelmed. Honestly, your patients are probably overwhelmed already. But giving them the knowledge, empowering them with the information that they need to know about potential impairments is going to save both you and the patient frustration and time down the road. So what you want to be doing is educating your patient on what to look out for and when to return back to you. Likely, they will need to return to you. I can say with 95% certainty, your patients are going to have to come back to you at some point, even if they're not demonstrating any impairments right now. So let's kind of tie this in and actually give you like a real life example of an assessment of a patient who is referred for prehab using that four step formula. So quick review here, four step formula for STAR assessments that I use is an intro, a problem sentence, benefits limiters and facilitators, and then patient response. If you want more information diving into each of these parts, go back and listen to episode 122, and then come back to this, where I'm going to kind of modify this for my patients referred for prehab. So I'm still going to use the same general skeleton of this. So I'm I'm literally making this up as we go, because I want you to know, like, this can be done. So intro. Patient is a 40-year-old female diagnosed with Stage two breast cancer. Uh, she has currently, she is planning to undergo a, mastect- a right sided mastectomy, right sided radiation, and chemotherapy. Let's say she's going to do 12 weeks of Taxol, for example. So right now, as I've gone through the assessment, I know some of the basic impairments, some of the common impairments that this patient may experience as a result of these treatments. So what I've done here is I've kind of painted the picture. I've set the intro of this STAR assessment. Now I've gone through my eval, patient doesn't have any problems, fantastic. I wish all of my prehab patients were in this boat. So how do we make a problem sentence for a patient who doesn't have any problems? here's what you do set the stage patient is you know 40 year old female diagnosed with breast cancer going to undergo these treatments at this time and these are the words that I will write at this time patient does not demonstrate any functional mobility limitations however and this is the kicker this is where we really drive in this problem sentence and so I'm writing out at this time patient does not experience does not demonstrate any functional mobility limitations however Due to her upcoming mastectomy, radiation treatment, and chemotherapy planned, patient is at risk for developing, and I will list out, the impairments that she could experience. So patient is at risk for developing soft tissue mobility restrictions in her upper quarter, um, is at risk for developing range of motion restrictions. Is that increased risk for developing, you know, chronic lymphedema condition? All these things that I know she may experience. Now she may not experience them. That's awesome. That's amazing. I would love that, but I want to make sure that I am I'm accounting for the fact that she very much could experience those things. So that's what a problem sentence looks like when we're doing a prehab evaluation. So we've made it through the first part, the first half of my four-step formula. So now the third part, we've got our benefits, limiters, and facilitators. Now benefits, we know we might be able to prevent some of these impairments, or we may be able to reduce the severity of the impairments that this person experiences. And I'll put that in there. That needs to be part of the assessment that I'm doing. As far as limiters and facilitators, this is where I could put patient may be limited by the, you know, however many, you know, weeks of radiation therapy she's going to undergo, how many weeks of chemotherapy she's going to go, all the other things, of course, that a patient may, you know, patient may experience limitations in their progress with. And then I'll follow it up with facilitators. What is going for that patient that may help them do better in the event that they develop any of these impairments? You know, patient lives with a supportive spouse, um, has family and friends in the area who are able to drive patient to different appointments. Any of these things that could help this patient do better in the event that they develop these impairments that we are anticipating. Now where the education component comes in is in the last part here, which is that patient response. So what I'm doing here is I'm always saying, you know, patient verbalized good understanding of today's evaluation findings, um, you know, walking home exercise program, for example, and to call with questions or concerns. And I know that this is a conversation I had with one of you. That's a really good CYA component that I think you should include in, frankly, all of your assessments. And in here, this is where I will talk about patient understood that even though, you know she' doesn't, she's not experiencing any impairments right now, she very well could in the future. Again, I'm using the same general four-part formula to write a star assessment, even in my prehab evaluations, even in my prehab you know assessments, in whatever context that is. But there's just a few things, mainly with the problem sentence, that I have to modify that are just a bit different from my typical assessments that I do here. But still, the same four-part formula is extremely useful, even in patient you know, encounters in which it's more of a prehab setting. So big thank you to those of you who reached out with questions. Um, I really enjoyed getting your questions and responding. This was really, really fun, and it made me think and clearly highlighted the need for a follow-up episode to last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, don't forget and go back to episode 122 where I really break down my four-part formula for STAR assessments. And I want to know, how are you using this assessment formula in different patient encounters that you do? Are you using them in prehab? What other situations do you feel like you need to modify it or need help modifying it to be successful in writing your own star assessments? And I would love to hear from you. Email me at theoncopt at gmail.com and I will see you back here on the podcast next week. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode and don't forget This Saturday, April 17th, is the first ever Virtual Oncology Physical Therapy Summit. I've teamed up with PT Pinecast to bring you an amazing lineup of speakers who are breaking down exactly what oncology physical therapy is, how you can help these patients, and how you can be a part of such a wonderful and special part of physical therapy, no matter what setting or patient population you treat. Sign up info is in the show notes in today's episode, and we'll see you at the summit. Oh, and don't forget, the replay is available for 365 days after the summit. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. For more episodes, visit theoncopt.com.